like in the most abstract sense, I think of it as like the job was, I need everyone to have a good night's sleep. So there were multiple components to that, you know, so it wasn't just a mattress. It wasn't just a frame. It wasn't just a, a crib or a bassinet. It was like the combination of these things sort of in a system that needed to work together to, to help me get that done in like the most abstract sense, right? Hi everyone, I'm Jason Evanish, and this is the Practical Product Podcast. We aim to be the most practical podcast on product management you've ever heard so that we teach you not just interesting concepts and guests, but actually teach you how to do the things we talk about. And today we have a really special episode because we're going to be specifically teaching you something super practical, which is how to do a Jobs to be Done interview. Before I get into introducing my guests, I do want to say Jobs to be Done is a specific way of interviewing people, and it is a method for understanding why people purchase your product and what makes them ultimately make the buying decision. This can be super powerful for marketers, salespeople, and product managers to think about the entire flow from someone becoming a lead to becoming a paying customer of yours or completing the purchase process, whatever that looks like if you're e-commerce, SaaS, or B2C. And over the years, after I learned this at a seminar, actually, for the guys who invented jobs to be done. This is Clayton Christensen, Bob Moesta, and a few other people who originally invented this process. I went to a seminar many years ago. And in that seminar, they explained how they actually do these interviews to learn jobs to be done. You may have heard the old saying, hey, I don't want a drill. I want a quarter inch hole. That's partially true. But what it really is, is I don't want a drill. I want to hang a picture on the wall, or I want to mount my TV set so I can watch movies with my family. So the concept was a great way to understand a part of the process that I think complements the more traditional customer development interview they all hear where you talk more about customer problems and features. So today, one of my former clients, Ryan, who is the chief learning officer at Learn to Win, is going to be doing an example. He's volunteered kindly to be the guinea pig for us to show people how these interviews work. I've taught many people the same method, including my former boss, Heaton Shaw, as well as a lot of product managers and marketers. And I find that while a blog post can often teach you a lot of things, doing a live example is often the best way to truly understand this process. So Ryan has graciously agreed to join so that we can do a, a live example with something that he bought recently. And we're going to talk about both the questions I ask, as well as how that maps to the jobs to be done timeline, which you'll see in the blog post we'll also link to related to this. Specifically, a little bit more about Ryan. He spent most of his career in startups and scale-ups. He's a builder who helped launch his current company, Learn to Win, and has served as the company's founding head of product and is now their chief learning officer. So, so Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Ryan, what is your product that you've bought in the last 30 to 60 days that we're going to talk about today? I bought a mattress, a king-size mattress. There we go. Okay, so... So one of the important rules to remember when you're doing a job speed interview is you have to have somebody who's bought it recently. As you'll see in a minute when we start interviewing Ryan about his purchase, a lot of it's about jogging your memory about different steps of the purchase that at first may seem unimportant, but later become critical to the whole process. And so just want to remind you that if you do these interviews with your customers that you want to have it be recent, ideally the last 30 days, maximum 60 days, because otherwise it starts to be just, hey, life's too busy and you don't remember. So Ryan, going back to the mattress purchase, when did you first start thinking it was time for a new mattress? A couple of years, actually. We have an old mattress that I think was a hand-me-down and it does fine, but every once in a while, I'll just wake up with the sorest neck or back. And I can't say for sure that it's the bed, but I can't necessarily trace it back to anything else. So I started to suspect that the bed was not holding up very well and just was thinking we should get a new one. Okay. You think about replacing the mattress a lot in the morning after you wake up is when you have that trigger because of the pain and discomfort? Yeah. But it's even probably more so if I'm, if I'm still sore at dinner, then we're definitely talking about it at dinner. And that's happened a couple of times? It's happened a couple of times, yeah. Was anyone else involved in the purchasing decision? Yeah, my wife. Did you and her have like specific requirements you were looking for? Well, we wanted a bigger bed. We wanted a king bed. So that was one requirement. We had tried a mattress topper before, but my wife didn't like it. So we needed to avoid 
that problem again. <laughs> so that one was like too soft. So we needed it to be not too soft. Those were the main two things that we were that we were focused on. Okay, so you were upgrading from a, I guess, a queen size bed to you wanted to get the king. Yeah. What was the motivation for the bigger bed? I think just to have a little bit of extra space. Uh, I'm a fairly tall individual, so the extra inches help me. Ultimately, probably help her. We've also got kids, so sometimes there are kids in the bed, and so again, just a little extra space helps when uh, you've got extra, you know, extra kiddos taking up extra square feet. Yes, totally. And then on the mattress top, you said your wife felt it was it was too soft. She was like sinking into it. Was she getting overheated or anything like that? I can't remember exactly, but she was waking up like more sore. Uh, I think maybe because she like wasn't supported very well, and like that that experiment only lasted a couple of weeks because she just couldn't couldn't do it anymore. How did you decide between what you bought and other options? Like, what brand did you go with? I think it's Dream Cloud is the one we went with. Like all all their names sound a bit a bit in the same category, but I'm pretty sure it was Dream Cloud. It was yeah, Dream Cloud. To be honest, the selection process was. Just a little bit of like internet research. We were looking for you know which ones were well rated. Then there were a couple other things that I was hoping to get. One was a sort of a return policy that would allow us to send it back if it wasn't working for us. So you know it's, it's not a cheap expense. So wanted to make sure that there was some sort of insurance there. Yeah, I think those are the, those are the main things I was looking for. Well rated, solid return policy. And those are big, big things. Is it a coil mattress? Is it foam? Did you have opinions on that? No, I don't think we even had a strong enough opinion about either. And I think the one we got into being like a hybrid kind of deal, which I think is common nowadays. So we didn't have a strong take on that one. Okay. And what about firmness? I think we wanted something just like medium firmness like that we could you know that was probably approximate to what we had but but just actually doing its job better <laughs> and not you know like a 12 year old mattress that was probably it seems better days so I, we didn't have like a number in mind and we weren't like gonna splurge and go all the way to a sleep number or something so we just want something that was you know down the middle enough that we could both get comfortable sure how did budget play a role in this purchasing decision? We knew we didn't necessarily want to break the bank because we also had to buy another bed for... So we had to buy a mattress, but we also had to buy a bed frame and headboard for ourselves because we don't currently have a king bed frame. And then we also had to buy a bed frame for my daughter who's getting sort of another mattress that's in the house, but just kind of in this bed shuffle, we knew that we needed, there are multiple purchases that we needed to make that, you know, in aggregate were going to be several thousand dollars probably. And so we didn't, that's why we didn't feel like, you know, we wanted to go all out on just our bed because we needed to sort of <laughs> spread that out a bit. I don't think we had a, a top number necessarily, but we sort of figured it was going to cost like at least a thousand just to get a decent mattress. And we sort of decided that for something that we spend, you know, seven, eight hours a day on and is really sort of underpinning the rest of our, you know, well-being, that that, that was a that was definitely a money well spent for our own, you know, backs and knees and things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And so, you know, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, you you cared about ratings. And so I'm curious, where did you go to get ratings and reviews? I think we just started Googling, you know, just like top rated mattresses and cross-checked a few different sites out there. There are, there's like a whole cottage industry of mattress rating <laughs> things. And my bet was if we just sort of averaged a few of them, that we'd, we'd probably end up with a top three you know, mattress and that that was, that was probably going to be good enough. So we actually ended up finding different mattresses initially. She was like, Oh, I really like this one. And I was like, well, I think we should get this one. We ended up picking the one that I had found, which was Dreamcloud, because they had 
the longer return policy. I think the one that she found was only like 80 days or 90 days maybe. And this one had a year. So we knew that we weren't going to be able to get the beds actually in right away. And so we felt like that 90 days was going to be maybe a bit too tight. So the year was sort of, as well as, you know, equivalent ratings by equivalent seeming, you know, outlets like Wirecutter and, you know, some of these ones that you hope are probably not just like marketing, you know, shills for the companies themselves. Yeah. The SEO farms in the mattress industry are pretty notorious. Okay. So, so you went to Wirecutter in particular to look at mattress reviews? That was one of the ones we were at. Yeah. Are there any other review sites you can remember that you went to since, since SEO can be, I guess, challenging there? I bet I can find a couple of them, but there were, there were some funny ones, just like mattressrank.com or just like, just like stupid websites like that, you know, or sleep polis was one sleep foundation was one that I, it's, you know, there's like the 33 best mattresses of 2022 on New York Times. So like, <laughs> you know, these are yeah. some some seemed more legit than others when it came to which of these do we do we feel like we trust? Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that delay. That sounds interesting. What? So it looks like you're ready to make a purchase, but you have like a three month delay potentially on actually being able to start to sleep on it. Well, yeah, because. A couple things need to happen. One, we needed to get the bed frame also, which is ended up being a separate purchase. And we needed to get two of them, one for us, one for my daughter. And just knowing sort of like how long it's taking to get furniture these days, we wanted to sort of have some time. Also, part of the move is giving my son his own room. And so we're just in that process of moving him out of the like bassinet in our room to to his own room. So that's like, there's kind of a cascading, you know, set of things that are going to have to happen, like to get things to our house. And then once things get into our house, there's a whole, you know, shuffle game that's going to happen within our house and, you know, taking beds apart and moving them from one room to the next might be a, could be a whole Saturday. And sometimes it's not always easy to find a whole Saturday. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Understandable. I had at the point of buying the mattress, had you you and your wife picked out the new bed frame you wanted yet, or did that come after you had finished purchasing the mattress? They were kind of going hand in hand, and the, we were thinking like, oh, maybe we should get a frame through the you know who we're buying the mattress through, which and whoever that may have been, right? There were because there were different ones in the running. We end up not liking any of those really. So we're like, okay, let's just buy the mattress and then let's handle the frame situation separately. And the other thing I haven't mentioned yet is like all this was happening on Black Friday. So so there were really good deals to be had. And so they put a little bit of a there's a bit of an incentive to like, let's buy today or this weekend. It maybe not it maybe have been it may have like been Black Friday weekend kind of thing, but it was while those deals were live that we were being like, okay, we definitely want the mattress. Hopefully we can find a frame and a headboard and daughter's bed frame and stuff too. So that was another reason knowing that we're not going to necessarily make the move right away, but we're going to save a few hundred bucks by doing it today. That's great. So just to pause and like zoom out from this discussion for a second, you can see we have two really interesting insights. One is if you ever get annoyed by Black Friday emails, like, don't hate the player, hate the game. Like you can see where this created urgency for Ryan and his wife to make a decision for the family that they otherwise had a lot of reasons to probably put off for you know a few weeks to even maybe a few months. The second thing is the furniture supply chain also affects this whole process. You know, it had Ryan thinking about something in decision making process. Hey, can I get all the other elements of my purchase lined up? Probably not. Which means that. That 90-day guarantee, which pre-COVID supply chain issues may have been plenty of time. Like, oh, I got three months to decide if I like this mattress. Well, with the supply chain, suddenly 90-day guarantee doesn't work anymore. So something that you thought as a marketer or product person you had already validated is really good does not apply because the rules of the game have changed. So that's like two examples of two interesting insights. You just we're, we're probing around. We're learning more. This is why you'll notice that like I'm asking Ryan kind of follow-up questions and kind of bouncing around and going back to something because there's just all these little things 
that kind of can come up. And so you mentioned that like one of the big reasons you bought was because it was Black Friday. And so I'm curious, did you like wake up in the morning knowing like, was there any pre-planning like, hey, let's see if we can find something for Black Friday? Like how, how impulsive versus intentional was it maybe to take advantage of a Black Friday offer? Well, my wife had definitely been thinking about it more than I had and sort of had been looking for things for my daughter's room. And I think at some point around Thanksgiving, she she asked me if I thought we should buy my daughter a mattress. And I, I was like, well, and my head was like, I don't know, what does a kid's mattress cost? And like a couple hundred bucks or something. And then she's like, no, like they're like 400 bucks. And I was like, you've got to be joking me. And I was like, well, heck, if we're going to spend $400, we're well on our way to buying a much nicer bed (laughs) for ourselves. And, you know, just to be a selfish parent for a second, I'm like, why am I buying my daughter who can, who literally sleeps on the floor sometimes a brand new mattress for 400 bucks when that's like, you know, 40, 20 to 40% towards buying myself a nice bed that can help me not feel my age every day. So that's when I said, I was like, I don't think that makes sense. We have a guest bed. She can take that. We can make our bed the guest bed and then we get our new bed. And then, you know, and, and our guest bed, right? The one we have right now is actually very good for her. So it's, it's equivalent to what I think we would buy anyways. It's just tiny. So that started getting us thinking, okay, we're not buying a kid's bed. We're buying an adult king size bed. And that was like, then being in the season, you know, we're like, well, probably right now or what maybe President's Day or something is like the best time to buy these sorts of things in the whole year. So in my mind, I was thinking we can have a great deal now or maybe even a better deal on President's Day, but I don't know. And I don't know if we can wait that long because of all the other things that have to, you know, because we may have the issue may be pushed upon us before middle of February, plus however long those shipping deadlines will be. Sure. Was there something specific happening with your daughter that made it so that she needed a new mattress right away? No, it was really my son because we're, he's kind of growing out of the like, you need him in your room because he's a you know newborn phase. We know we want to move him into his own room soon. To do that, he has to take my daughter's crib, which is what that's what starts the cascade effect because he's going to take her bed. She needs a new bed. So she gets the guest room and, you know, on and on. Cool. Awesome. So again, taking a pause to zoom out, you can see where Ryan had been discomforted and his wife was having troubles with various ways to fix their mattress for a while, but they were willing to put up with that for a while until they had a stronger forcing function. The strong forcing functions we see now are actually newborn son, is starting the whole dominoes in the family, uh, which I think anyone with kids can understand how that happens. And also the Black Friday deal. So you see where you start to have a couple of different factors that start to map to like, if we look at the timeline here, we can see the passively looking is Ryan and his wife are taking turns having discomfort from sleeping. And then they start getting more active and looking because they know that their newborn son is soon going to need a different sleeping situation that's going to create the domino. And then the deciding timeline moment is that combination of the Thanksgiving conversation, the realization that his son is only going to get bigger. (laughs) So that's coming. And the Black Friday deal is the best deal they're going to have for a few months. And they can't imagine waiting a few more months to actually make these calls. And then you start to see where you start to get into actually the purchase decision of like, why did they pick what they picked? But you can see where we start to build out this timeline of things that all have different uh, levels of influence on the purchasing decision that makes it so that especially something as expensive as a bed, or in this case, actually, you know, multiple beds and bed frames and things moving around, there's a lot of things that have to build up and, and occur to finally push someone over the edge to say it's time to buy. Yeah. And even for myself, just the the switch to go from I'm buying a kid's bed to I'm buying a bed for myself was was a, was one I wasn't expecting because I was like, whatever, this is a small decision. My wife's been searching and just like, I trust you do it. And then also I was like, wow, this is a much bigger purchase than I thought. And not that like, you know, she couldn't have done that, but I was just like, maybe we should rethink our plan. And I'm glad we did. 
And you said that happened over like the Thanksgiving break? Yeah, somewhere. Or did, yeah. Okay. And so you can see how all this actually, it accelerated relatively quickly, right? Like Black Friday and the Thanksgiving holiday is all the same week. So, you know, things really dialed up when all these opportunities kind of just started to line up. And so you can start to see also where marketing opportunities around Black Friday get really interesting because all of these other things are happening. I don't know. Did you have anybody like using the guest bed or anything over the Thanksgiving as well? No, no okay. not this Is your product team delivering the way you need them to? Are you shipping great product improvements at the frequency and quality you hoped? Becoming a great product manager does not happen by accident. It takes a lot of learning along with trial and error. And when you have product managers reporting to you, they need your guidance, even as the demands of running your company only grow. Unfortunately, things like coaching and teaching don't tend to fit on a founder or C-level executive's busy schedule like yours, even if you know your team members need it. Fortunately, I've been a founder and an early stage product leader for over 12 years. During that time, I've mentored and coached dozens of product managers. I can fill in the gaps you wish you had time for and help diagnose and fix the most common problems that plague underperforming product managers and teams. If you want to see if I can help you and your product team's challenges, go to becustomerdriven.com and sign up for a free call to discuss your needs and how I can help you. Again, that's becustomerdriven.com. So going back, let's talk a little bit more about the purchase moment for a second here. So it's Black Friday. You and your wife have had the discussion. You know there's these dominoes that need to line up. How much was you kind of putting together a list, your wife putting together a list? Like, take me a little closer on when you're getting to the point of, here's a mattress, here's a deal, here's how we're going to finally make the call. Was it the morning? Was it the afternoon? Was it evening? You know, when, when did this happen? Well, I think we had maybe separately searched a little bit through the day. It could have been the Friday, it could have been the Saturday, just because, you know, those deals, like they usually go the whole weekend. My kids were sick, so it was just like everything was running together. But between the two of us, we had sort of done a separate search. And then sometime after the kids' bedtime, we compared notes. We had found different top mattresses. And then then we sort of, I showed her the one I found. I looked at the one she had found. And I think I watched like a head-to-head video of like, why would you choose this one? And why would you choose that one? And it seemed fairly even-handed, the review. Just kind of, if you're this kind of sleeper, you know, if you're light sleeper or if you're, you know, heavy set or whatever, you might want this mattress or that mattress. And so it, it didn't necessarily persuade me that we should go with hers. And, and I, again, I was thinking this guarantee, this year back guarantee is really helpful. So I want to, I want, I think we should go with that. And, and she agreed. So it was probably, you know, 20 minutes of back and forth and just sort of comparing, you know, looking at websites and, a few other review sites and things and just saying like, I think we should go with the one with the longer high ratings and longer return random. Interesting. And so tell me a little bit more about that video. Do you remember how long it was? Was this a pretty in-depth thing? Did you watch the whole thing? Was it short and sweet? Tell me a little bit more about that video. It was probably like seven minutes long, I would guess. I don't think I watched the whole thing that I think it had like some chapters so I could sort of skip ahead to the things I wanted to know about. And cause like, I don't know the difference between different kinds of foam or whatever. And it's not going to, I don't have any allergies or anything. It's not going to make a difference to me, but I wanted to know more about like, you know, like how firm it was, if it was, if it kind of ran hot, ran cold, that kind of thing. And then anything else that like I had a blind spot around. So if they were calling out extra deals or something, actually, that's just something I just remembered that, the dream cloud had the added maybe they always do this but it seemed like they had an added black friday deal in addition to the the discount they were sending your king bed starter pack it's like pillows sheets pillow sheets and maybe one other thing so in case like you don't have you know you're getting your king size bed. i thought that was a nice idea they had it was like you don't you maybe you don't have these sheets and you would have to go somewhere else to buy them like we're just going to throw them in with your purchase. And we actually did have them, but I was like, well, here's another like a couple hundred dollars of stuff that they're throwing in. I don't think the other company was doing anything. They may have been sending like a bed skirt or something, you know, something very trivial. So that was another kind of added benefit of the one we went Do you remember what the other company was, who that, that second place runner up was? I don't recall right now. 
Okay. This is the kind of thing where after you do an interview with a customer, you'd ask them like, hey, can you send me the YouTube video? And can you send me the second company? Because it's the kind of thing they can go on Google later and like find for you, but they might not have at the top of their hand. But like if I was working in a mattress company and I was learning about this, I'd be very interested in YouTube video. Actually, was it actually, let me confirm that. Was it on YouTube, Ryan? I don't think it was actually. Oh, okay. I mean, it may have been cross-listed, but it was another site that was, their whole thing was mattress reviews and like head-to-head mattress reviews. Okay, so it was like embedded in like blog posts or something like that. I think it was just like, like awesome a whole, site. yeah, it's just like a whole website about reviews. So I mean, that was like okay. literally the only thing they did. Okay, cool. So look at that. I made a bad assumption there. This is why you want to check these things because it's like, oh, he wasn't actually on YouTube. This was going deeper down the rabbit hole. So I guess did you Google compare mattress Dream Cloud versus other mattress? Basically, I think I may have. Yeah, that's probably how I got to that specific. Cool. But yeah, again, if you were working in a mattress company, you'd want to try and find out exactly what site they were on for things like this, because this is really interesting. Also, you can hear things like, you know, he was skipping the chapters he needed. So if your company was making some of these kinds of videos, like having chapters, you can see was valuable to him. So he could look at the parts that matter to him, which may vary by person to person. Okay, so you had your 20 minutes of back and forth, you and your wife looking at websites. And then ultimately, it sounds like it was, hey, this is in our in our price range. It's, you know, they're throwing in some extra stuff for us. Did either of them have any delivery delays or anything like that that you were you were worried about? Like how quickly you could get them? This the one that we ended up buying, I thought had like a really long delivery window. It was like this thing could be delivered in up to 20 business days or something. And I was like, holy cow, that's a that's a long time. Maybe that's why they had to give so many days, you know, of a warranty. They actually ended up coming in like three days. It was super fast. I guess that's the set expectations low and then delight them kind of a Zappos model there. That's cool. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that delivery then. So your wife and you go, hey, they're going to give us sheets. They're going to give us pillows and pillowcases. And we're getting this great Black Friday deal. And it's going to come in the next 20 days. And we have a full year to try it before you know we decide if we like it or not. So can you tell me a little bit more about that process? Okay, post-purchase, what happens? Well, what the one problem we hadn't solved yet was bed frame. So then we spent a lot of time going back and forth about bed frames. Like, did we want it to match our dresser and side tables? Or do we want something different? Do we want to get, you know, a bed with a headboard, like a frame with a headboard attached? Or do we want to get just a frame and then separately by the, the headboard? We couldn't agree on on a bed, you know, like an all-in-one sort of frame and, and headboard sort of situation. So we end up just buying the frame. And I actually forgot that we have yet to buy our headboard. <laughs> My wife just reminded me the other day that we we couldn't find one that we both really liked. And so we just said like, well, we've got the frame. Uh, it's on its way. And we'll figure out the headboard when we have time and capacity to do that. Sure. Interesting. And so the the frame is, I guess, just very simple. And you'll bolt on a headboard to it when you find something you guys both like. Yeah. Okay. And so you said that they told you initially, you confirmed your order and everything, 20 business days. Do you get to pick the color of your sheets and stuff like that too? Or is it just like, congratulations, you get white? Yeah, no, it was just, here's your pack kind of thing. Okay. And did the pack come at the same time as the mattress or did they ship UPS ground to you separately in a box? They came separately, but only like one day apart. And I think we got the smaller one first. We got the pillows and sheets and stuff first. And how was the quality of them? Were you, do you use them or were you, were you like, uh, turns out these were like not satisfactory? Funny enough, I just busted them out last night because I wanted to try the pillow that they sent. So I pulled the pillow out, put the, put the sheet on it and tested it out. It's fairly soft, but I don't think the quality is amazing. It's the kind of thing where they're pro- they're very light. They might be nice for like the summer. It's fine. And it, you know, was it a $300 value or whatever? I doubt it, but it did sweeten the deal. Okay. So it sounds like they're not your primary, but they're at least worth being at the bottom of the rotation, basically. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, they might be great depending on the time of year. Just I noticed that they felt light when I was putting them on yesterday. And, and tell me about the delivery. Was it scheduled? Did just surprise there's a mattress person outside? Like how, how did the whole process of actually receiving the mattress go? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I got an email from them with like a UPS tracking. And so I had, I could actually, you know, track it myself and figure out where is it. 
And I think I was really surprised that it said, yeah, I have an email from November 29th. So really shortly after Black Friday saying your items on their way. And then I got another email the day after when it had been delivered saying your items have been delivered for and then another one on the first. So they arrived on consecutive days and they just sent me that note. The boxes itself, you know, it's just like, it's just UPS, right? So nothing special. I did have to, it's a king size mattress that they pack into this like box that it's unbelievable they can fit it in there. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure as a hybrid if it could be the whole rolled up purple mattress kind of thing yeah, where they just like shrink wrap it. Okay. Yeah, it was. I don't know how they do it, but they did it. And, but it's like very dense, right? And so I pulled it inside and then it was, it's pretty big three feet long by 18 inches wide. And so we're actually in the process of putting up our Christmas tree and it was like just in the middle of everything. So I was just like, screw it. I'm going to just get this sucker upstairs where it's going to eventually live. And I I remember thinking like, man, I wish this thing had handles. It's just like a big slippery box. And I was trying to move it by myself, which I could do. It's just kind of unwieldy. You know, it's not too heavy. It's just weirdly shaped and getting it upstairs by yourself is just like, you know, you gotta be careful. So, And so I guess because you're waiting for your bed frame and the whole dominoes with the family, like, did you immediately open it or is it like still packaged up or when did you uh, actually open it, let it start to expand and that whole thing? Yeah, unfortunately it's still in its box because the frames, one of them was back ordered. So we're probably not going to get it until after Christmas Well, well after Christmas sometime in maybe early January. And it just didn't make sense. Like we could have put the bed on the floor, but it kind of didn't make sense to start everything when we we didn't have to. And the bed was like as tightly packaged as it would ever be in this moment. So it just was just sitting there in the guest bedroom waiting for the for the big shuffle to take place. Okay. Throughout this process, did you need customer support at all, or did you contact the company directly? Nope. Never needed anything. I kind of don't know, like, is there something waiting inside this box that's going to make me want to call them? I don't know. But up till now, I will say when I opened up the smaller box that had the pillows, they also had sort of shrink wrapped the pillows to a size that I didn't know was possible. And so <laughs> when I was yeah. when I was opening the box, I was like, oh, dang it, they didn't send the pillows. Or, you know, I was thinking like, they're probably coming in some other package. And, but no, sure enough, they were in the very tiny bundle. And I guess, how are the pillows? You mentioned the sheets are kind of thin. Have you used the pillows for anything? Just one time last night, actually. It's okay. It's sort of like a Tempur-Pedic, sort of like cushiony one, which is comparable to what I had. So I had wanted to try it because I had woken up with sort of a sore neck the last couple of nights and I wanted to see if it would help. And it was a little bit better this morning, but not like, oh my gosh, my world's changed better. Okay. Going back to the Black Friday deal, had you and your wife like signed up for some lists that were sending out those? Or was it more you were proactively just checking the site, seeing like what do they have publicly on the site as like the deal or the coupon or something like that? I don't, we weren't on any lists. I, mean, I wasn't, maybe she was. So we were just sort of proactively going and hunting for the information. Okay. So it was more, hey, we just expect they're going to have it. It'll be public on their site and we'll take a look at what the deal is. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. How does this compare to how you normally look for? new things you buy? We tend to do a lot of research (laughs) generally and try to find the one that we think is, you know, sort of the best in air quotes. I mean, if we've been looking for a while and then we find something, then it's like, okay, strike. But otherwise I think we, we tend to be pretty deliberative about this. So, you know, in some sense we were a little bit more impulsive than usual because we were like picking something, a specific product that we'd only been thinking about for a couple of days or maybe even, you know, hours if, if you talk about actual time talking. But in the long arc of us being married, we've been talking about having a king size bed and us knowing very well that we were going to have to upgrade beds and move beds and do hand-me-down things. The, the end, the, very, the last mile, I guess, was, was more impulsive than we maybe would usually be, but everything else was about probably as deliberative as we would normally. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And so I guess at this point, you don't actually know if the mattress is going to work for you guys because you haven't gotten a chance to try it yet. And it looks like with the supply chain, you won't really know till I guess, sometime in January. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else about the process that, that has come to mind as we've had this discussion that you wanted to add? 
I guess one thing that was kind of interesting was we we did take a a good look at DreamCloud's frames because we're like, well, maybe, and I think maybe they're even offering you like another deal if you went ahead and bought a frame with them. I think you could even get a sweeter deal than just sort of a normal Black Friday deal. And we just couldn't get on board with the ones that they had because they were just really just like a couple that were pretty generic. I was thinking if they had linked me to a place with more options and had like worked out a partner deal or something that like it could have been a much more attractive deal for probably everybody. Because as it was, I walked away feeling a little bit disappointed that I couldn't get something from DreamCloud. And then I didn't have... I had the whole choice of the world after that, which was... Yeah. It was like I had too little choice or too much. Yeah. You know, I didn't... There was yeah, not yeah, a yeah. happy medium. And then we also... Part of the back and forth for us was deciding on color and, and fabric type. And we had already once made a furniture sort of color buying decision that wasn't exactly what we thought. And we're like, well, we don't want to do that again. So let's just try to be more sure about you know color. And like, we don't want to repaint our room or feel like now our dresser doesn't go with the bed or whatever. So I think we were a little bit more... We knew the mattress was going to be what it was going to be, but the whole like aesthetic of the of the rest of the room was something we wanted to do a little bit more deliberately. So I guess that's maybe the only thing we haven't really talked about. Yeah. Do you mind, can you tell me a little bit more about that? So what, was it that something wasn't the color you expected or what, what happened with the previous, you know, disappointing purchase, I guess? I think we had just bought a chair online. It was a pair of chairs actually that came looking like quite a bit darker than we thought. And it wasn't like a you know life ruiner or anything, but it was kind of just like, oh, okay, this is a good note that you need to be careful with this stuff. And it's not so bad. You know, they're always like, yeah, free, you know, returns, whatever, no problem. But then <laughs> then they'll be like, oh, but it's a $200 restocking fee or something. And you're like, well, she's the chairs, <laughs> the, you know, the bed is like 500 or something. And you're like, so I'm going to take a big hit just if I don't like the color of this thing, which, which sucks. So we, that's why we thought, well, let's not be hasty about this one. And, you know, that difference, a couple hundred dollar difference could be what the difference between a not Black Friday and normal deal is. And, you know, maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe it's just the same to just wait and, and find one and get some samples or something. Just get something that we know we'd like the color of and would fit with the other things that we've already invested in. What color? I'm, curi- I'm just curious, what color were the chairs that they ended up being darker than you expected? Blue. But they're in a like different room you know it's not it's, yeah, yeah, yeah they were like you were expecting royal blue and you got like navy blue yeah. kind of thing or yeah no see the, honestly this is another example of like a kind of insight you get that's like oh you know there people have like baggage from previous purchases that influence it for instance with the restocking fee did you check to see what dream clouds restocking fee is before buying or if they have one i didn't see that they had one it could be in fine print somewhere and i'm gonna rue the day but it was not abundantly clear that there was one. What I've seen before is sometimes like it's just there's like a flat fee, so it could be you know that. Or for smaller things, it's like well, you if you can get it back to us, however, you know, like your job is to get it back to us, and so you can do like postal service twenty five day delivery sort of thing as cheap as you can make it, kind of stuff. But obviously, that's going to be tough for a mattress. So I didn't see I didn't see it in the fine print, but it, I'm sure it was there and. I might feel very sad about what it is. Cool. So what's interesting about that is if you step back as a marketer now, is that the concern over being burned in a past purchase was enough to prevent you from buying the headboard and the bed frame that you guys weren't totally sold on. But it wasn't enough that you were like super worried about that one-year guarantee on the mattress. So again, these are kind of like the little nut, like the thing I really like about jobs to be done is the nuance you get. Like this is just extremely different than a traditional customer development interview that like everybody, everybody kind of knows how to do. And, you know, Ryan, I know you've done a bunch of these, like those will get you a very clear, like general picture of like what your features need to be and kind of things like this. But this kind of discussion, you just learn so much about the intricacies of how you're fitting into a customer's world that can just inform a lot of things that you're doing. Are you a self-taught product manager? Do you feel like there's gaps in your skills holding you back? Are you comfortable teaching others how you do product management? The fact is no one learns product management in school. 
You have to learn by cobbling together resources, reading books and blog posts, seeking out mentors, and learning on the job through trial and error. I've been there. I was a self-taught PM too, and I was lucky to learn from some of the best product minds in Silicon Valley. Now I want to teach you everything I've learned. To do that, I've written blog posts, shared knowledge on these podcasts with great guests, and now I'm doing a limited number of coaching and consulting engagements. If you're looking to level up as a product leader and want to tune up you and your product team skills, then go to becustomerdriven.com and sign up for a free call to discuss your needs and how I may be able to help you. Again, go to becustomerdriven.com. One of the things I'm curious about is, you know, you mentioned having a couple different discussions over a few days with your wife about this. You mentioned also at dinner, you know, if your neck is still sore, your shoulder or whatever is still sore from, from the previous night's sleep at dinner, you're bringing it up at the dinner table. Where were some of these other like decision-making decisions happening? Were they also at the kitchen table? Were they, you know, in the, in your bedroom with your wife? Was it in the living room? Like where were a lot of these discussions happening once you were really starting to get into that buying process? I mean, I think just sort of like wherever we were catching each other for a couple of minutes, because like I said, my kids were sick and she was also kind of sick. So we were just like, just trying to get through the, the malaise. And so, you know, it might've been a few minutes while we were in the kitchen making lunch or, you know, the few minutes we have on the couch after bedtime or when we're, I don't know if we were talking about it at dinner or not. Because there were also obviously a bunch of other things we were trying to buy, <laughs> you know, for Christmas and, and stuff like that, including like making Christmas plans. There was a lot of strategizing and problem solving that we were doing at the time. But yeah, it was it was kind of in pockets. You know, we didn't sit down at a whiteboard or anything like that. To, to yeah. Draw this Wait, you, do, you mean you didn't have a decision matrix that uh, you guys set no, up? No, we should have. I got it was it was Thanksgiving <laughs> break. You know, I got lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So you can see here, we've had about a 50 minute conversation and we can pretty much map it out. So, you know, again, going back to the timeline, the first thought is Ryan and his wife are having some discomfort in their sleep. You know, they're waking up sore and or just not getting a good night's rest. And so they're like, eh, at some point, we really need to replace this mattress. That's just passive looking, though. They were willing to put up with that for a while. Then they had the birth of their second child, their son, and he was starting to outgrow his crib. And so they knew there had to be this whole domino passing between his son graduating to a larger sleep situation so that his daughter could have a bed. And then they wanted to get a bigger bed too. At first, they were thinking they would just get one for their daughter, get her a new kid's mattress. But then when Ryan heard how much it cost, boom, that's event number two, switched him to actively looking because he's like, well, if we're going to spend that much on a kid's mattress that she may outgrow, we might as well fix our sleep problem too. Then you start to look at the timeline here around making the decision and making the ultimate purchase decision. You see that the purchase decision got pushed by Black Friday deals. He realized that was the best price they were probably going to get for a few months and did not want to keep this going much longer. And then you heard from that buying process, you heard that things that mattered to him and his wife were things like, one, they wanted the king size bed to have a little bit more room. You knew that there was going to be this whole shuffle of other products that they may be looking to buy. They knew they were going to try and buy within the Black Friday deal window. And they narrowed it down by doing a bunch of searching and trying to find reputable sites that review mattresses. Him and his wife each came up with their own top choice. And then Ryan found a comparison site, I guess, that had videos of it and used that to kind of narrow it down. And then ultimately, one of the big deciding factors, once they realized it sounds like both were pretty good was the fact that one of them had a one-year guarantee. And knowing that all the shuffling of the American supply chain challenges and getting things quickly meant that he was worried 90 days wasn't enough time to know for sure, or 80 or 90 days was enough to be sure they actually liked the mattress. So the longer guarantee helped tip the scales for DreamCloud. Did I miss anything? Was any of that inaccurate? Yeah, no, that was, that's, that's all pretty much spot on. Cool. And so I think a couple of things, like if I was working at DreamCloud that you might want to do based on this would be things like, you heard about the handles on the box. If you could make the box easier for Ryan to carry, that that might create a better impression for him. You also realize that giving away the sheets did help get him over the finish line. And I would say, while the sheets aren't exceptional, and I understand why the company might not be able to give away free sheets exceptional, they sound like they're they're not so bad that he's going to tell everybody, dude, they sent me cardboard, man. And so like, you're probably right at that quality line that like you wouldn't want to cut any more corners. And if you made them a little bit better, it might help. Also realizing that the Black Friday offers do make a big difference and that 
these SEO sites and doing comparisons and things like that matter. And sites like Wirecutter uh, are particularly valuable because they have a reputation reviewing many things. So people feel like they're less likely to be secretly actually just an ad for purple mattresses or something like that. Uh, and one thing I'd add is like, there's also opportunity where they could have upsold me again, right? To get to go away with the frame, which they, they tried, but it was sort of a halfway attempt. So they, I think they could have done, they, they very easily could have had another thousand to two thousand dollars for me that day if if a couple things had gone differently exactly and so there'd be opportunities to learn and understand that as well as as ryan suggested earlier the whole partnership opportunity so if they can only have so many options themselves if they had a partner like a wayfair or something where they could get the referral code and still get a couple hundred bucks back for sending the traffic if they could help narrow people saying like hey these specific like wayfair bed frames are perfect for the the dream mattress. It seems like that would have helped Ryan and potentially continue to make a purchase. And so just like when you finish an airline purchase, they're like, hey, do you need a hotel or a rental car? And they refer off to people to do that. It's the same idea potentially could be another way to raise the the total value of customers if you were working at DreamCloud. I thought of one other thing just, just now actually is that you can buy three different mattresses from DreamCloud. We ended up upgrading, I can't remember to which one, but we ended up upgrading, getting more than the base package just because we it was again it was like well we're not going to buy another mattress for you know for a few years let's get what's in it if it's just an extra couple hundred bucks like let's get the one that we that we feel like is going to be best for us so that was one other thing i forgot to mention in the process oh no that's great everybody wants you to buy their middle tier and so i'm curious what was it that the middle tier offered or this middle mattress offered that the basic one didn't have I think it was like another couple inches of foam or or something, as well as a slightly different top, which, I mean, I wasn't feeling the difference, obviously, but it just sort of, it seemed like, okay, this one is, is going to be a little bit better. And also the difference between the middle and the top tier was not, to me, seemed like really negligible. And so I'm okay spending a little bit more, but to spend even more, I would need it to be like really worth it. And it didn't seem like it was. When you were comparing those options, did you go out to any third-party sites? Or at this point, were you solely on the DreamCloud site when you were picking between the two DreamCloud mattresses? I may have been... I think I do remember one time comparing the sort of like upgraded mattress to the one that my wife had found, which I'm thinking now might have been Nectar brand, I think, maybe. And just seeing like, oh, this one... They only have like one mattress and it is what it is. And this one is a step above... Like all the comparison ones, sites I had seen was base Dream Cloud to base other. We'll say it was Nectar, and then this was the better Dream Cloud. So I was in my mind, I was like, well, if the base ones were comparable, the upgraded one is probably that much, just one percent or ten percent better. Okay, cool, cool. Oh yeah, so you can see again where it's like. So one of the valuable things you can do as you're doing these interviews with someone is I've paused a couple of times here. You don't necessarily need to tell them what jobs to be done is. I'm explaining it to Ryan because we're you know both product 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 minded people, but you can repeat back parts of the story to the person and confirm whether you missed anything because as you can see, as we've kind of paused and talked about what we already established, Ryan always is thinking of new extra insights that are useful. You know, for instance, confirming that having those three options actually allowed them to you know essentially upsell Ryan and his wife on a slightly more expensive mattress. The one thing that's a little different here is because Ryan hasn't actually unpackaged the mattress yet and tried it out, we can't get as much feedback on that part of the experience. But obviously, if we were doing a product where the customer had been able to fully experience it, you would want to dig in more to how did it go? You know, One of the things I've heard, for instance, with mattresses before is that when you unwrap those things, they may have a funky smell sometimes. I would have asked Ryan like, hey, did this one have any smell? Did it bother you? How did it affect you? How was it the first couple of nights or, you know, all those sorts of things. And like a King mattress is big too. So even just having the space somewhere to let it expand can be a process. And so if he had already opened it, I would have asked more about his experience afterwards. But as it is, you know, the best you could do is if you were a PM and you were talking to Ryan is probably say, hey, you know, I'd love to follow up with you once you, you know, unpackage the mattress to find out how your experience was. And it may just be an email, maybe a 10 minute phone call, but just finding out once he actually has that last experience, because you do want to close that loop so that you know reputationally how you're doing 
because, you know, like we talked with the handles of the box, it's like, yeah, it's great to have the money there. But if you're really going to have a one-year guarantee, you better make sure you're getting feedback from people on what their experience is after they get it, because those returns would really burn you otherwise. One other thing I would add if you're a marketer is if I'm thinking about this sales process, I imagine there's actually an opportunity here around kind of the family story here. I know actually thinking about it, just even thinking back to my childhood, my sister, who's like, I have an older sister, not unlike Ryan's family setup. And I remember my sister inherited my parents' old bed. <laughs> so it's like, it's a common pattern to have that. And so you could literally potentially have your marketing speak to that because it would resonate with a family like Ryan's. And also realizing that it was a key part of the inflection point. And so getting people thinking like that might also even plant the seed faster. And so if I was a marketer creating content or ad units or even making videos, you know, it might be something that you'd want to work into your copy and explanation. How was experience uh, observing this? Do you see how you could apply it at Learn to Win? Yeah, I mean, I like, I actually like sort of the meandering, just being curious about things approach. And actually, when I've done things like this, I feel like I actually ask better questions when I just sort of go with the story than when I just like stick to a rigid script. Because there's just, there's a lot of times there's more than people will offer more if you can, you know, if you can come up with a interesting follow up or, or even just like you said, like hold the space for them to sit silently for a couple seconds and, and offer something that you, you had no way that you could have asked for it, but they, you know, they bring something to the table that ends up being salient. So I actually really like the style and I think it's something that you can use pretty flexibly. Yeah. And so two other things I would add specifically, like, so learn to win as a SaaS platform, like a lot of the clients I've had and businesses I've worked on, this will work on a lot of different things. As you'll see in the blog post that we link to related to this, you know, like literally I learned this from the guys who invented the process. Like it's Clayton Christensen, who's the Harvard business school professor. And then these guys, Bob Moesta and another Bob, whose name is escaping me, who literally like did deals with like Snickers. Like, have you ever seen the hungry why wait campaigns with all oh, Ryan, you're such a diva when you're hungry, have a Snickers. Those ads, that's them. They literally are the ones who interviewed people and found out why they buy a Snickers. And it's usually like hangry in the afternoon is why people will buy a Snickers. This works for consumer products just as much as it works for B2B. But in the B2B world, I think it's particularly powerful because first of all, you can use it just to inform marketing and sales and then also the onboarding experience for your product. But second of all, if you are launching new product lines, like I know you were doing at Learn to Win at different times, you can use this and see how different verticals have different purchasing processes. You know, I, for instance, I know with Learn to Win, you guys have your military people. They're going to buy it very differently than people in the consumer world or like you guys were working with all those football teams. They're all going to have different purchasing journeys. And so you would want to do it for a cluster of people in each of those. And then the last thing that I think is really cool in SaaS is you can actually use these for churn. And so I remember my days at Kissmetrics, at one point, we had a pretty high churn rate. And so I was literally able to interview customers the day they churned, because usually you can only get them right the day they quit you. But I would interview them the day they churned and do this and find out what they bought instead and what caused them to start thinking they need to cancel our product and do something else. And so there's a lot of ways to use this as a multi-tool and it can be very valuable. But like Ryan was saying, the really interesting thing is the conversational nature of it and the more open-ended kind of like, let's pull on that thread for a minute and then jump back over here. That whole journey allows you to learn a lot of things you wouldn't get in more traditional, rigid uh, customer development interviews, which also have their place, but don't reveal these parts of the story, which I think are kind of the on-ramps and off-ramps of your product. Yeah. And we also have different segmentation too, based on our tiers, our pricing tiers, right? So people who can swipe their credit company credit card, very different than the folks who have to go through some sort of purchase order process. Same with people who have like infosec processes and people who don't, <laughs> you know, like these things influence if they feel like they need to strike fast or they can wait, like these things do end up influencing, you know, how they, how they buy. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, I know we've talked about the timeline a bunch. I have an image embedded on the blog post that'll kind of help fill in that gap. And yeah, that whole buying process and what it takes to buy, obviously, especially in SaaS is going to vary a lot, whether you have to go through purchasing or like Ryan said, InfoSec, or, you know, just getting approval from different, uh, different people in the company. You know, one of the fascinating things I know I learned running Lighthouse is that there's a certain amount of credit card freedom that you get depending on your level in an organization. And if you price yourself the right way, you will make it so one manager can self-serve, go and buy something. And then you get a department head and you can price it. So again, that department head, like 
if you can match their pain and their problems to their credit card limit, you can do a lot of fascinating things with allowing your closing process to happen a lot faster. Because if I don't have to go to my boss for approval for something, I may be able to buy something days, weeks, or even months faster. Ryan, anything else you want to add or share? Anything interesting you felt like you learned in, in our discussion today before we go? One is I need to get my son out of my room <laughs> because when he's waking up, even if he's just like, you know, a, a small cry at 3 a.m., maybe he doesn't even want to eat or something. He's just, it's just, you know, a baby sleeping that could wake me up and, or, or my wife up. Right. And so like, that's one thing. And that's, that's a huge thing I need to do is like, we need to get him into his own room. So like, we're only, only getting up when we really should be getting up. Right. Which is maybe once occasionally twice a night to, to feed him. So that's part of it. The other part of it is like the quality of the bed, but I need him to have a good sleeping situation in the new room. I need, I need my daughter to have the same thing. So like in the most abstract sense, I think of it as like the job was I need everyone to have a good night's sleep. So there were multiple components to that, you know, so it wasn't just a mattress. It wasn't just a frame. It wasn't just a, a crib or a bassinet. It was like the combination of these things sort of in a system that needed to work together to, to help me get that done in like the most abstract sense, right? Yeah, um, no, I like that. So, so we're, we're, Ryan and I are kind of spitballing about kind of what is the core job. So, you know, a lot of people notoriously say, you know, I don't want a quarter inch hole and I don't want a drill. I want to hang something on my wall. And like, so the job to be done is actually to hang a pic, hang, hang a fam, family picture in the living room, you know, or, ha, or put the TV up so we can watch movies together. Uh, in the case of Ryan's mattress shopping journey, it was the job is everyone needs to have a good night's sleep and they're not right now. So the mattress isn't working for he and his wife, babies it in their master bedroom and they want to get him his own room. His daughter is outgrowing her current situation and needs to hand it, hand it down to her little brother. And so everybody's not having as good a night's sleep as they could as everybody's kind of outgrown their current situation. Yeah. And like my daughter is like doing like WWF off the rails of her <laughs> crib right now, which is like not, <laughs> you know, not great. Yeah. She, she needs a bigger bed that she can like you know, play on and stuff. So that, that yeah, like, absolutely. that's a part of that system that we're talking about, right? Of like having a good sleep situation, even, even the pillow was a part of it for me, right? Because I'm like, oh, well, this right. I get a new pillow and maybe it's my pillow that's part of my problem too. So like even that was sort of a sweetener to the uh, to the deal for me. So I think that if I were to say like job to be done, I think it's that like we need we all need a good night's sleep. And that's a if either it the kids everybody. don't, then we don't. Yeah. Um, Correct. And maybe the kids can be independent of each other <laughs> sometimes. But if either yeah. of them are not having a good night, like we're not having a good night and um, yep. If, but they can both be fine and we can still have a bad night because the mattress sucks. Yeah. Right. So. Absolutely. And I think this is the important lesson on jobs to be done. And this is, this is where I often get on my soapbox is that what Ryan said is a hundred percent accurate, but it's also like the tip of the iceberg. Think about all the things we learned over the last, last hour talking here. Yes. Everybody sleeping well at night is the end destination goal and why he's investing all this money in this, but there's so much else to it. That job does not include mentioning the Black Friday decision-making. It doesn't involve comparison sites. It doesn't mention Wirecutter. It doesn't mention the comparison video. It doesn't mention the one-year money-back guarantee. All of those things are extremely important in truly understanding your customer. And so just putting in the job as X, to, to like, it is just the start of a discussion. It is not is not the end of it. And you can't think that you understand jobs be done if that's all you're figuring out because you wouldn't know any of these things we just talked about. Well, fun, fun anecdote. One of our advisors was actually a grad assistant with Clayton Christensen and helped create the Clayton Christensen Institute for Innovation or some, whatever it's called. And so we've, we've actually worked with him. His name's Michael Horn. He's a really smart dude in the education space. And so we've, we've worked with him on this a bit. And it's been, it's been interesting to see it. You know, to see his, just how he sees our company through that. Like he, lo he looks through everything through that lens. And so he's, as you're telling him, you know, here's sort of what's been happening for the last few months. He's looking through what you're saying and he's saying, you know, so what I hear is like the job that people are hiring you for is blank. And just to hear him pair it back, our business through that lens has been really cool. So yeah, I love the framework and it was just wanted to talk through my mattress buying experience. <laughs> 
Cool. Yeah. And we'll, we'll add a link in the show notes to that Institute that you mentioned for Clayton. Cause I think certainly anything, anything Clayton's done is generally interesting. I know his book, how you measure your life is actually a fantastic read. It has nothing to do with product management, but it, if you're looking for a life philosophy book from someone who's very thoughtful, it's, it's pretty darn good. Anyways, Ryan, real quick, can you tell people a little bit about Lear- learn to win and where they can learn more about it in case it's something that might be helpful for their company? Yeah, sure. So learn to win is a learning platform that uh, helps companies solve their sort of last mile training problems. And so it's not your onboarding. It's not your, you know, annual compliance. It's the stuff that people really need to do their job based on their role, their product, their region, the machines that they might themselves work on. And so we go right down to sort of the floor, as it were, to do training there through a mobile platform, a mobile first platform that allows people to do their training, you know, as they're between things or as they're on the go or just trying to learn in the flow of their work. And so we work with a lot of high performance sort of teams where results matter, people care about the output, there's something on the line that, you know, that, that matters. So we work with a lot of sports teams in different pockets of the Air Force, Navy, Space Force, Marines, and work with high performance enterprises as well. So that's learn to win or learn to win.com um, with the spelled out. L-E-A-R-N-T-O-W-I-N.com. How can people find you, Ryan, if they wanted to follow up or get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn, Ryan Findley, cool. with a D, and maybe you'll link to it somehow. Yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes. Anyways, Ryan, thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. I think this is a great, great example. People can follow along. So we'll put it on, on my blog in more detail so people can see how it all pieced together. And this has been the Practical Product Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks.